0: Barcelona looked dominant. Mike James is back. And more importantly, so is everybody else. It's all ahead of us on Euroleague Sweet 16. Tune in.
1: Great pass from Fianna Pitti. The 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 is done! There we go.
0: 40 minutes to a title. David Blue for three. On the mark, David Blue. Now Spaghetti drives inside. Looks for the the Ariel!
1: league sweet 16
0: exactly what you need
1: hello and welcome to your league sweet 16 the place where amazing happens and if we're talking amazing uh emmett this time as it appears he went on to investigate some pokemon corruption somewhere in the swiss Alps. so i don't know supposed to be back soon in the meantime lewis has his uh courage beverage yeah yeah that's what i'm going with courage beverage and so do i different kinds by the way different kinds uh, speaking of which, Luis, how you doing? Doing good, doing good.
0: I definitely need a beverage after the day I've had, but we have discussed that offline. No one needs to know about that. My day has went, how should we describe it? My day has went, Baskonia. No power. Uh, you, you got me.
1: You got me. Um, so yeah, we, we have a, a packed show here as ever, uh, and we're going to talk all the games that happen. We're going to talk about every single thing, every single possession. No, not really, seriously, that shit would never end. But uh, all kidding aside, I think uh, that, yeah, this might be the best time to go on to that thing, that thing that lasts usually how long?
0: It's like three minutes, 59 seconds.
1: Yeah, I know what it is. It is the four minute warning, or as we like to call here, it is time to get to the most inaccurately named segment in all of sports and entertainment today, the four-minute warning. Four minutes to get through all the action that just happened in EuroLeague. It's the four-minute warning. So, Lewis, I think that interesting does not even begin to explain what the hell happened this weekend. Yeah, there was... It, I
0: I mean, a surprise. We had more surprise. And then we had Mike James against Panathinaikos.
1: Yeah, and, and here's what I didn't get. I mean, we expected, we anticipated it's going to be the revenge season. Uh, of of Mike James, where he pretty much goes against entire Europe, Euro League, and you know, does bad bad things to teams where you know he formed uh, he was a player of in the past or teams that he actually wanted to win against, which is I think safe to say every team. Uh, but yep. honestly, great start for the season. I'm I'm again I'm happy for Monaco. Did I expect them to win? Yes, I think we all did. We also said I think in the previous episode we expect them to be in the fight for the playoffs simply for having Mike James. But I am taking everything in proportion simply because still it's Panathinaikos, and as you said last week, you know, let's just say not EuroLeague playoff contenders.
0: Yeah, maybe not even a EuroLeague team. Again, I think was maybe what I said. But and, and do you know what? I I hate this was one case. I hate to be right, but they did. They weren't good. I mean, the problems that we thought were the problems that were there, like. Okay, worryingly, they got maybe 10 minutes out of Nemanja Nedovic. And even more worryingly, Kendrick Perry, that doesn't look good. That's a worry.
1: Yeah, well, it has to be a worry. You know, at the end of the day, when you build a team and you assemble a team, you want to have some guys with experience. But you, it's okay to have like inexperienced guys, but it has to be in the right positions. And they cannot necessarily all be starting lineup material, if you know what I mean. But Oh, yeah. Just looking at the statue, like you know, you have an experienced point guard who I do believe we all have this, you know, spot in our hearts for him, and that is Leo Vesterman. You know, having a game, a solid game of like eight, two, and four. Paris Lee had a good game, obviously. Paris Not- Lee
0: was very good. He 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 probably impressed me the most of the Monaco team because it, it wasn't an unknown, but it was probably the most, the biggest variable, shall we say? He allowed Mike James to play off the ball a lot more, and Mike James off the ball. Is as big of a problem as Mike James on the ball because you are so conscious of where he is all the time.
1: No, no doubt about it. But you know, I, I do think that we saw a great uh, debut by Yunas, you know, Donatas Jonas, you know, decent I, I'd say for the very least. You also saw a great appearance by uh, Danilo Andjusic and Dante Hall. If you're looking at oh, the Don- Dante I- Hall, wow, Dante yep. Hall, he can get he can get up. No doubt. Problem is, when you look at the Panathinaikos roster, you, you, you're you're thinking like, who's going to be the savior? So you have Papa Petro, who obviously matured, and you see that he's taking a lot of things upon himself. But oh, it's yeah. just, it's just like uh, there's just something is not working there in the front court, in the back court. You cannot really pinpoint something, but just say, yeah, that's a no. No, it was hard
0: hard know that. Ocaro White brings a lot of energy. Howard Sant Ruse similar bring, brings energy smart good big body but the parts they just don't work it's just you've got half of a jigsaw there to be generous
1: yeah and generous we are which is why we are not going to talk anymore more about that game i mean at the end of the day you can say it was pretty much anticipated and that is what in fact happened Let's move on to our second game that was played in Tel Aviv. I think it had all the makings of becoming a real slubberknocker knocker kind of thing, you know? Like, I mean, the game itself, Maccabi goes up 17 points, then goes down to minus nine, and then came along Scotty Wilbekin. Crazy, crazy performance, which made you kind of wonder, you know? But uh, I'll ask you first, what do you make of this game? I'll, you know, say what I thought, and, you know, somewhere we'll meet in the middle for sure. We'll go for it! Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Um, like we spoke about it on the preview, I was convinced Maccabi would only go as far as Scotty well. could take them, and Scotty needed a big season. We needed almost pre-Maccabi Scotty to come back. Wow, bang! First quarter, he looked like the best player in Euroleague. He, he uh, completely unguardable. Derek Williams, a lot of energy, like crashed the boards, hustled, decent. James Nunnally, shooting wasn't there, but he was getting in the right positions. You're kind of hoping McCabe obviously had a, a very shortened pre season, very little time together, a bit more rhythm, it could work. Bayern, on the other hand, I, I want to like that team. Like Deshaun Thomas, the original small ball American in the Xavi Pascual Barca days, superb. Augustine Rubit, like he done he done things, but it never really, never really wowed me. Uh, Hilliard I had a night to forget. But I think I think the result, Maccabi winning, correct result. Maccabi made a lot harder of a job than it really should have been. By like Trincheri, good coach. Bayern not got a great team. Maccabi really need to figure this out. They need to get in rhythm, all on the same page,
1: pretty quickly. Okay, my question to you is: Do you believe that what you said about Scotty is because that Maccabi didn't have the right preseason, or is it because this is? What you're expecting at the end of the day?
0: I, I mean, I expect him. I expect him to have a big season. I think he's had a couple of down years. I, like, there's if he could sustain that level of play for a whole season, wow. No man. I mean, I in terms of it.
1: dependency, dependency. When you're talking, dependency.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. My worry about McCabe was it was where are the points coming from? It, there's a lot of hustle in that team. Jalen Reynolds, Derek Williams, James Nunley will hustle. They'll play hard. But I just can't see like when I'm looking through the. The box score just now. I can't see where the other points are going to come from. If Scott is going to come down to like a median average of like eighteen twenty, who's going to make up that circa ten point difference that he's going to drop off? You'd hope it was James Nunnally. Cause like as I said, he what did he 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 had seven. But he was one of six from deep. You would hope that would get closer to the forty percent mark at least. But no, still, still enough for a worry. And obviously, Derek Williams. Derek Williams had Derek Williams five boards, two offensive, six points, got a block. No, it's, it's not a just one block.
1: block. It's a huge block. Where actually, when you think about it, because it yeah, was huge block. Yeah, I take, I, I take that back. Huge block. Um, the thing is, for me, what is missing, at least for now, is Maccabi needs to get more from who is expected to be there primary ball handlers because the moment that that will happen you'll see scotty more off the ball the dependency on him will decrease over time and this is something again i'm expecting to see and if then won't if that will not happen then yes it's going to be that dependency on scotty all over uh again like we, we we saw in previous versions of maccabi i i do believe that when all guys will get into game rhythm and game shape, that that is exactly when it will be the right time to judge them, to see exactly where things are, are at. I mean, it's the easiest thing for me right now to say, you know, this is not working. So yeah, James might not have made those those shots. But again, uh, eventually Maccabi got to a point where, you know, I, I think, again, I think Kosferopoulos thought to himself, you know what? Let's just throw everything out the window. We need the win. Let's go get the win. Yeah. And, you know, kudos, kudos to Byron. I mean, I, I think, I think that they had a better preseason overall. Yes, they had their injuries. Yes, they had their absences like a lot of teams. But at the end of the day, I think they had more practices. And the level of execution you saw from them when they made the adjustments was impressive, which is why, again, I think that even though Maccabi had the, uh, the depth advantage in that game, Byron, were you saw a much more fluid and fluent basketball, which is, which is very, uh, uh, it's very important, very impressive. And again, I think only... Thing Maccabi should take from this game is the win itself, and not not anything like nothing else at all.
0: No, I would agree that important, especially especially against a team like Bayern without being bluntly, I don't I don't see them in the like making any big moves like they did last year. But if you can chalk up wins against them, it's as one less thing to worry about in a few months' time. But no, solid solid unspectacular win. I'll give Maccabi a few weeks and then see where they're at.
1: Exactly. And again, if they had their uh, planned preseason going on the way it should have been, we would probably have had a completely different discussion uh, if the oh, yeah. game would have went the way it did. So then we have another game that happened. Um, I don't know how many have followed. Obviously, if you didn't, what is wrong with you? This is, you know what, we've seen some ass whooping. Uh, I feel free to, to use this term and not loosely, not loosely. I'm feeling very comfortable of using the, the term of ass-whooping this uh, uh, first round of the EuroLeague, but perhaps the, the biggest storyline to follow was the injury of one Nikola Milutinov. The big guy just came back of horrendous injury, obviously. Kept him away out of you know, the, the court for quite some time. Then, then, like, what, two, almost three minutes in the game? Barely two minutes. Barely two minutes. To me, it looked like kind of a hyperextension. Again, I'm no doctor, but the way that you kind of fell down, yikes. Yeah, that looked painful. It doesn't matter what it is. It was painful.
0: Yeah. It it was one of those, you see it, and then, unfortunately, when you see the replay, it's that
1: horrible, oh, yeah, no, every part of my leg felt that. Yeah, you felt it in every bit of your leg, but also, I'd say, our hearts.
0: Yeah, you felt in every bit of our leg and our hearts.
1: So he's out for like three to four weeks, but we were not sold on this Cheska roster to begin with in terms of saying, you know what, they are finals game material. No. And now losing the first game of the season, which was not that bad. I mean, we expected them like, you know, we gave the edge to Milan, yada, yada, yada. But now they're one more big man short. So I think that when I'm looking at this,
0: it was more that we weren't sold on them. We did question, unfortunately, we did question their healthiness. Somewhat, we have, we already been proved, right? Okay, they're going to get knocks,
1: Lewis. It's yeah, because yes, it it was not like uh someone fell on him, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. So so someone fell on him. It was more. It, it's a an older roster, shall we say, with previous durability issues. Can they keep it up? And now, so Mol- Molotinov. Yeah, you know what you get with him. He's he's a bruiser. He's a brawler, and he will get you easy buckets inside and second chance points. Without him, Shingelia had. A nightmare. But Lomboy, not not a EuroLeague player, in my opinion. Um, but the rest of the team at Will Clyburn was pretty much a one-man show. Lundberg, actually, no, take that back. Lundberg and Clyburn against Milano was effectively the story of this game.
1: I love Lundberg. I love Hackett. I love Toko. But to me, what we should expect more is getting Voidman. I mean, Voigtman, like, he had eight points, but he's not going to shoot 0 for 4 every night. He's not going to make, like, 0 for 4 for, you know, Consistently, but I do expect no, him definitely to more than five now.
0: Yeah. I, I, do you know who the biggest disappointment on this that, that whole team for me was? Brigonis. Three points, all free throws, didn't really, didn't really dazzle. He played 21 minutes. He had a couple of turnovers, one assist, one rebound. He just didn't, he didn't do anything, to, to be blunt. Yeah,
1: I mean, when you look at it, remember we talked about the wings when we talked Cheska. We talked about their interior uh, game. And like how big is, is, it, is it of a surprise to you that you see that Heinz Meli and Siobhan Shields, you know, these three guys, when we're, I mean, still wing and interior guys, right? Finish, like out of the, um, the team's PIR, which was 90, right? They are responsible for 60, uh, 66 out of the team's 90. Those three guys. Now,
0: what does it say about Milan? What does it say about Chester? Yeah, I mean Milan, Milan have got a front court depth. And like Hines, although Father Time must come calling eventually, very mobile. Very, very mobile. Siobhan Shields, very deceptively athletic with the word They're getting a lot of putbacks, but they made the most they just seem to have an infinite amount of space and time. There was no Intense ball pressure, okay, fair enough, you've got Alexis Fed, you're not in- expecting anything intense, but no, it's just, I mean, Hines, Hines was rolling back the clock, he was playing like point guard at certain points, he just bringing the ball
1: up the court, doing what he wanted, he had so much time. I agree, to me, just like it's something that I, uh, for the time being, I cannot really comprehend or actually make something out of this Milan roster, because, you know, the potential is there, but it's like something is, is missing, something is missing. And I...
0: Okay. I, I think I know what was missing. Tell me. And I think it was a very, very subpar Malcolm Delaney. Because for me, not a problem because I actually really enjoy watching him play. It was the Chacho show. This team was on Chacho's back and he was taking them as far as he could. I mean, 17 points on 7 of 12 shooting, four rebounds, couple of assists, steal, PIR of 18... Malcolm Delaney, okay, only 18 minutes of game time, no points, two assists, two turnovers, PIR of minus five. I think with a functioning Malcolm Delaney at the level we know we can get Malcolm Delaney, Milano is a very different team.
1: Well, I I think what's what's happening here is I I don't need him to do like, you know, to give me games of 15, 10, and five. You know what I mean? But obviously, we are, as it is Malcolm Delaney, we are expecting more in 18 minutes of, of
0: you know, game time. Yeah, it's more we're expecting, even if he plays 18 minutes of game time, we're expecting some productivity in those 18 minutes. But it just wasn't there. Maybe it is just you know, early in the season. He's, he's been around a while now. Is he going to be like that, that classic, almost like Rudy Fernandez, J.C. Carroll, OK, I'll wait till Christmas, then, then I'm ready to go. But, yeah, I think Milano won't be too different from last year. What did impress me was how often Nicolo Melli got to the line. He was very, very aggressive. And, because I mean, Nic- Nicolo Melli can shoot. You almost expect him to be spotted out in the perimeter a little bit. But he was very much <laughs> shot fake, drive, and seemed to work. He got to the line with 11 free throws. And that's not a lot. Look at this, he was responsible for over half of Milano's total free
1: throws. Yeah, that's impressive. Like I, I, you know, I, I couldn't <laughs> say what I did like with with the straight face, but g- gotta give it exactly. to No, it, it was it's genuinely impressive. Like
0: there's there's a couple of highlights you watch where he's genuinely ball fake drive to the rim and one. No doubt. So yeah, um, other than that, I mean, I mean Ces- we both we both know and everyone knows, Seska will be in the playoffs. We're not going to judge them too harshly in one game, but What I would say is our fears or our thoughts on this roster were almost proven right in this first game.
1: Yeah, but I think that in the next few games, we cannot really, uh, you know, judge them, like you said, especially when there are one big man down and it is a serious big man. And I think it's time. You want to, you know, go to a little ass whooping kind of thing?
0: You up for it? Definitely. I mean, when I said surprise, this was the surprise. This was the surprise of the week.
1: I mean, Real—they had like they did like a one and done kind of thing. It, it only took them one quarter.
0: Yeah, t- ten minutes. And it was okay. It's time to go home now. Yeah. And it was, it was so surprising because they came out at, at one point. Madrid had went twelve points. The first twelve points of the game unanswered against FS, arguably with the best—not even arguably—with the best backcourt in Europe, and they looked shocked.
1: That's not front court though. Still no Tompkins and Randolph. Now, how scary is that?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's depth to this team that just wasn't used, which is terrifying. I mean, Jeffrey Taylor played nine minutes, mm-hmm. actually. Um, I'm, I'm quickly looking through the box score. Yabusele was the only player on the entire Madrid team to play over 25 minutes. Only player. Everyone else was 20 or under. That is the level of depth this team has.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like they are built to withstand every single thing or, you know, that can actually happen. Crazy. And what,
0: what was probably the most terrifying part of this? If you are Coach Ataman, at the end of the game, if you're looking at the box score thinking, okay, these Madrid, they've got a good roster. They're capable of blowing anyone out on their night. Sergio Yo, Alberto Abaldi, Rudy Fernandez, Jeff Taylor, Fabio Cosur, five very, very capable shooters. I'm going to ask you because I don't think you've seen it. How many three-pointers did they make combined, those five guys? If I told you between the five of them, they attempted 16 threes. How many would you expect them to make? Which were the five? I don't know, like, what, four, three? So it's Fab Rudy Fernandez... Alberto Abalde, Sergio Yule, Jeffrey Taylor. Five guys that c- can get hot in a hurry from deep. They made two. I was close. So Rudy Fernandez, 0 for 4, Jeffrey Taylor, 0 for 2, Fab, 0 for 3, Sergio Yule, 1 of 4. They are going to make more of those shots. You are not going you are not going to get many nights when Rudy goes 0 for four.
1: What do you think is going to happen if it puts their hands again on JC Carroll and they and they get and they get him back? Yeah. So the
0: JC Carroll, Trey Tompkins, Anthony Randolph, They are three guys that buckets just get buckets. Especially, like, all you have to do, one corner, Anthony Randolph, other corner, Trey Tompkins, Tavares in the middle. Who gives a fuck about positions? Let's just play basketball.
1: By the way, this right here is exactly why this show is marked as explicit. <laughs> I
0: was trying to be so polite. I was trying to be so polite, but I couldn't. They were just, they were terrifying. That like One of the highlights of the week was Tom Hartel gets the ball at the top of the key, turns, Alberto Valde drives off the screen, reverses, lob. Vincent Poirier, dunk. Great move. There was, it sounds on that play, so elegant was just, and simple? It was, it was. It was so beautifully simple. It was classic Pablo Lasso. But there was... At that, in that play, there were four different ball handlers.
1: I think that Emmett really found himself the new team league pass kind of thing to watch.
0: Yeah. I mean, they were just... They were so, so good. What was probably the most shocking thing for me, and shocking just to look at it, because they were so disruptive for Larkin and Message. They just... They didn't give them an inch. It was so difficult. And they've only been credited with four steals, which is very surprising because they just seemed to... The Ephes had no easy plays. Anything in the half court was very, very difficult because Madrid's got a long, switchable team. Everyone can get round screens. It just made it for a very, very long night. And Adam Hanger was classic Adam Hanger. He just seemed to be everywhere.
1: To me, what surprises me the most here is it's not just their dominance... And it's not just, you know, Anadolu FS is uh inability uh, to match them up. Because you can say it was the first game of the season, we're expecting Anadolu FS obviously to get better. And when you look at the way that they started last year, you know, you can say, okay, we 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 should not get overly worried. But to me, it's like last year, some people have actually started comparing what Anadolu Efes did, the dynasty of Maccabi, the, you know, in the early 2000s. Yeah. And just before the Final Four happened, I said, listen, there's a huge difference. Yes, they are playing the most spectacular brand of basketball that there was in the League last year. But at the same time, they need to win in order for us to actually say something like that. And in Maccabi's two years, I think, of their actually three years of dominance, they did not drop a whole lot of games. True, it was a different format, different league, but still, I, you know, just seeing this version of Madrid, you know, they are to me right now the title contenders. And and we said it in the first episode. I'm not, I'm not, you know, going away. I'm not shying away from what I said. I stand behind these words. So can we really, you know, put them in comparison to that dynasty? I, don't, I do not know. I'm not sure. Obviously, only time will tell. But we're gonna. We we got ourselves, I think, one hell of a season.
0: This year. Oh, definitely. Because as much as I I mean, I, we've just signed Madrid's praises, FS weren't bad. Like Shane Larkin, PIR of 35, 21 points, six assists, one turnover, got to the line nine times. It's good going. Vasily Misic, okay. He struggled to get his passes off. That's probably what he really struggled against Madrid's length. But Philippe Petrosev, fantastic debut, 16 minutes, 17 points almost perfect shooting, very impressive. He's definitely hit the ground running, but Madrid were just, they just, they, they were on another level.
1: To me, from Coach Araman, I'm worried from what happened with, you know, Roddy Bobois. I'm worried with what happened with you know, Dunstan that was contained in his, like what, 12 minutes, 38 seconds on court with Kronoslav that, okay, you know, you should expect these things, I think, from, you know, these numbers from, from him. So you can say it was decent, but you look at the front, of, Plice. yeah, exactly, like Plyce and Dunstan, if that's a the contribution they're going to get from him and you're, like, very much dependent on that, like, youngster called Philip Atrusiv, then this might be an issue. You look at Chris Singleton, okay, he only played, like, you know, less than, obviously, 16 minutes. Contribution, again, could be better. Same can be said for uh, Mormon. But on paper, you know, the, the supporting act was not really supportive. So when I'm looking through the team, I expect,
0: I just expect a lot of movement off the ball and it just wasn't there. And I think it was because they were shocked, but they were also suffocated. They they couldn't get an inch. And as you said, obviously there's no front court contribution, but more worryingly, like Bobois, he was one of 10 shooting. Balbay played seven minutes. James Anderson, he got one shot off. But other than Shane Larkin, six assists. The rest of the team managed a paltry five. And that ball movement really needs to get going. And they almost, did I say it, they look like they're a player short.
1: Maybe even two.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do I, I'm happy to say two, because the lack of mobility in their big men really got, it, it was the spotlight in that game because Tavares could just do what he wanted.
1: But um, that is exactly what we said in the preview. Yeah. I mean, think about it. We said, like, what? How old well is Dunstan, Mormon, Singleton? They're not getting any younger.
0: They're not. They're not, and when the shots aren't falling, it, re- it, it becomes a lot more pronounced. And I think because they're not getting a lot of outside help, I mean, okay, you're not going to have a lot of nights where Bobo Ago's 1 of 10, which I can't believe I'm saying he went 1 of 10. I mean, the law of averages has to kick in at some point. But,
1: yeah. This version of Madrid versus last year's a WFS in the best of five, what would have happened?
0: I would take Madrid. Exactly what I think. Just because everyone's a year younger. I mean, Madrid... I mean, that's an old team. I mean, lasso has been very clever about putting a little bit of youth every year. Just, I'll add this player, I'll add that player. So, obviously, I added Carlos Alvesen, who didn't play. He said Roberto Abaldi. I imagine, obviously, Yabusele this summer, I imagine there's a couple more in the pipeline that in the next couple of years, yeah, I see them at Real Madrid. Yeah, I'm with you on that. As long as it's not Joe fucking Parrott, he's not allowed to leave.
1: Look... <laughs> Honestly, I'm one of his fans. Of his fans. I like I like Joel Parra. Like I saw him. I-, I know who he is. I know what he's capable of. And we're all waiting for him to leave Badalona. Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, yeah, we are. But he's oh, he signed a new contract. Great. I can't wait to see what his release clause is
1: now. Oh, yeah, th- this will be intriguing to say the least.
0: <laughs> yeah. So no. But no, um, Madrid, they're they're making moves to almost like future proof this team, but Right now, they look incredibly difficult to beat.
1: Oh yeah, sexy brand basketball. Oh yeah, very, very watchable. Which makes us wonder. And then
0: we go from incredibly watchable basketball to what would you describe this as?
1: Which is exactly what I was about to ask. When you think about it. when you go from this kind of offensive game to the game that we had in Zenit versus Unix, and, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> how, how exactly?
0: Joe, you know, when I, I I I wrote myself a note about this game, and I wrote organized chaos. And then I had to score out the organized. It was just chaos.
1: Well, Emmett calls it a hot mess of a game, I think. This is the best way to put it. And don't worry. I mean, yeah, we're bringing Emmett's name a lot. But once the investigation is over and we'll see what is his future endeavor, yeah, he'll probably get back. But he will get back, I think, in a month's time, maybe less. Who knows? He'll definitely be here, though. They, this we can, we, can, we can vouch for. Death,
0: taxes, and Emmett will be back. Exactly. So, Yeah. So going from one hot mess to another, what was? I don't know what was the hottest or messiest part. Oh, actually, no, I, I do know what the hottest part was. The hottest part was Billy Barron.
1: To me, I, I know Billy Barron. I know what, you want to say something about him, but to me, the hot mess of the game became the moment I texted you guys where we're all standing in terms of our predictions. Like, look, I, I think Zenit was by double digits, like some either nine or 12 points. I, I really can't remember that point in time, but that was the lead. And it was like, I think, the 38th minute, maybe. Oh, yes. It it felt like a safe text. Yes. It was a very, you know, guys, Emmett, 404, actually, sorry, 505, Moses, 505, Moshe, also 505, and Louis as well. And the minute I press send is where Isaiah Canaan goes bloody crazy. He goes full frenzy mode and all of a sudden there's a, there is a game.
0: Yeah. I mean, if he'd done that a couple of minutes earlier, it would have been nice. But no, he did. It was just all of a sudden, like, I mean, he's getting offensive putbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we want to win this game of basketball. I forgot about that. Let's do that.
1: Yeah. So Lewis almost had a perfect 505, five, but me and Emmett ended up being with the 505. Five. No, I mean, look, it's a Perasovic team. So obviously, and look, very early stage of a season. So you, you can expect such hot mess, maybe balls will not fall in, you know, some turnovers, no doubt. And in all of that, you know, promotion, all of that, just seeing the, uh, that new thing, that, you know, that new uh, project, new, uh, it's not even an experiment. Like, you know, having that challenge that coaches can use was interesting. Um, and it was used in that game. So it was nice to see it. I'm actually a fan of it. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see like, how coaches will use that challenge uh, you know, throughout the season. I personally am not a fan
0: of it, but I think, I think there's scope for it to be used, I don't think it will get used a lot throughout the season, but who knows? Literally. But I think a bigger challenge, speaking of challenges, was can Perisovic get this team to play defense?
1: Well, on the one hand, 69 points would suggest... Sorry, 70 points would suggest yes. However, that was like 70 points without Shabazz Napier. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't know what to make of this game, like, you know, more than what I just said. But was there that much of a disaster factor to to your opinion in that game?
0: Not so much. I think, obviously, no, no OJ Mayo as yet. Um, and everyone, I think the only not a disaster, but very disappointing, was Mario. Because Mario came out quick, and the first couple of plays, you thought, oh wow, Mario's Mario was here to play. Mario's going to do something exciting, and then he just faded. He faded out of the game for the best part of two quarters.
1: Maybe the but, you know, what's important here is pacing at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, true. You know, I'm very very impressed on the the other side with Connor Frankamp. I think obviously we talked a lot about how much Zenit are going to miss Shabazz Napier. And Conor Frank? he didn't replace Shabazz, absolutely not. But for a big jump up in standard this season, he played very, very well, moved the ball, hit the open shot. Shot selection was very good. They've, they've got themselves a player there, but it will just be they need that, that dominant guard to move the ball. Just that, that leader at the point, move the ball, get it in the, everyone's hands to make shots. That's probably all this team are missing. Oh, okay, uh,
1: Lewis? Yeah? Um, tell me, uh, uh, are our four minutes up? Are they over? I think, I think
0: they might be. Just. Only just.
1: Okay, so, I mean, it is evening time when we're recording. So how about some nice stories, you know, for... Uh, it's, it's time for, like, sleepy storytelling times, isn't it?
0: Oh, definitely. I have a great story. So, in a land not so far away, called Istanbul. There was a sleeping dragon called Fernabachi, who apparently claimed they showed up to play a game of basketball this week against Vena um, And pa- Rumour has it that no one has left the arena yet because they're all still asleep, except for Nikola Kalinic, who is still apparently turning the ball over against himself. Um, and that was the uh, nicest thing I could say about that game. It was, it was, it was dreadful. And I've watched a lot of dreadful basketball.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, you caught me off guard. Like, the creativity by itself is something that Fenner could have
0: used during the game. Yeah, if, if only they could tell us, they could pass a ball as well as I could tell a story, they probably would have kept their fans awake. When My apologies you, to any Fenner fans that had to watch that game.
1: You you did say that you felt like Fenner are one guy away of being something. Do you still believe that's the case, or is it something deeper than that? Or this like, you know, these are the growing pains of a new team, That, but they are coached by uh, uh, a different guy who, were, who was supposed to coach them and who decided the roster.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I always, I no, I sorry, I always, I normally feel bad for a coach that inherits a team that's not his own. In this case, I absolutely do not feel bad for said coach for some very obvious green and black reasons. Um, but no, it's the roster. I, I do still think when fully healthy, they are one player away, but it's very obvious that that player, they need a lightning spark guard. They need a guard. With a bit of pace, a bit of excitement, because they just, there was no creativity. None at all. No urgency about the play. Okay, Nando DiColo, the less said about his evening, the better. But they've got a very big team, and the big men were actually all right. The big men, they, they'd done what they could with the limited service they were provided.
1: So on paper, what you're saying here in general, basically, is that you'd like to see a, a, a younger version, perhaps, of Bobby Dixon?
0: I think they need more than that. Really? They, they They need more than that. They need... They need like like a guard like a wow guard, um. It's just okay because we addressed the concerns with this roster. It is Pierre Henry, solid. As you said, he can move the ball, aggressive on defense, six assists, five steals, one turnover, perfect. Concerns: all for three from deep, two for six for two points. Didn't get to the line once, four points. That is your lead guard. That is your big guard that's meant to do stuff. Pierre Henry is a big guard. He was never used in a post up situation. As I mentioned, Nando DiColo had an absolute nightmare. Two of eight, four turnovers, not ideal. And, of course, no it as yet. Probably didn't help matters in terms of spacing. But the big men were getting up and down the court. There's some nice moves with Vesely in transition, soft hands, Hooker, lots of energy. They, they need help, and they need help soon, if they want to make the playoffs.
1: You know what surprised me? What? You know, we looked at this roster, and you said – you, know, you said smartly and rightfully so uh that you know Nando you cannot necessarily really expect him to you know to shoot from shoot like what put him eighteen twice a week, and you know you, you look at the roster that played uh this first round, and I mean aside of Nando who like shot one for two, the rest of the team were like three for sixteen, and you have a guy like Mario Shayak who's playing the wing and you know what? Four out, four out of eighteen shooting from deep is is somewhat of a worry to me. And when you're you're talking, uh, uh, you know, an energy guard kind of thing, preferably one that can shoot the lights out. Because Nando alone to spread the floor, not necessarily the best of ideas. Because look, Shiauke, okay, he could he could probably shoot, but uh, Pierre Henry was that his forte. Not necessarily, by Jean-Pierre for sure not, and he shot one for two in that first round. Polonara, right? Is he a shooter? No, he's a guy who can shoot. Big difference between guys who are you know, shooters and guys that can shoot sometimes. I think this might prove to be a problem long-term. Maybe. No, I would, I would definitely agree.
0: Polonara can shoot, but I'd much rather see him as a high-energy guy. But I, I said already, I was quite excited at the prospect of Paul that out Devin Booker front court for just sheer hustle. But the spacing worries me because you, can, you can't always pack the paint against them and take away
1: that high energy advantage because the ones that space the floor. I mean, look, the Jean-Pierre was a great addition. Vesely, by the way, playing 30 for almost 35 minutes. You know what? Playing 35 minutes, I'd expect a, a better stat sheet than that.
0: I would have expected, yeah, like, I mean, Jan Vesely, okay, he can, sh- he has known to have bad days at the line, anyone who was at the final four in Berlin will testify, they saw him have an absolute nightmare at yeah, the free throw uh, line. Yeah,
1: but he didn't shoot once, for, he didn't reach the free, the free throw line once, so that yeah, heck check right. kind of thing that I coined, like, all those years ago, was not even relevant.
0: No, and it's the fact he, he, couldn't, get, he couldn't get to the line at all, yeah, that's a worry, because if you've got... DiColo, who's having a bad night. Vesely's having a subpar night. Who's who's driving this team on? You
1: know, it's um going from, in terms of, look, it, it was, it had some, like, you know, the way it ended. It was kind of, you wanted to keep on watching, you know, because when, sometimes when you have this pain, you kind of really want to see how bad it can get. And...
0: Yeah, it was, so, it was so bad, it was almost becoming good.
1: Yeah, like the nail-biting end was, was pretty good. I'll give them that. I'm pissed at Nando, though, that he found like that right spot to, to call game before like, you know, I, I would have been okay with the game going to that final second, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, letting that sink in, I think we can go and move on to a, a different game that was, I mean, the game that took away my perfect week of predictions uh, and Emmett was essentially the only one to pick Villarban over Jodoris Countess. Now, okay, probably he's kind of investigating some green Pokemon. So I'm trying to understand, you know, how he anticipated that loss of Jodoris Countess. But when you look, just you know, pure stat sheet, and you know, watching that game, seeing that whenever you know Jodoris just made an attempt for a comeback, they've hit a wall. That is, yeah,
0: I, I just, I, I do, I'll give him at this one. I I mentioned it, Villar-Ban are they, they've got a good track record in the EuroLeague at home against sides. They make it difficult. That arena is a difficult place to go. But I was still surprised, very, very surprised, especially when you saw in the early going that Joffrey Laverne looked very engaged, which probably leads into the reason most people would have watched the game would have been to see Victor Wimbanyama's debut, which, I mean, to me, is probably the talking point of the game. He struggled. In his and his mammoth three and a half minutes of game time.
1: He needs to grow into his own body. He's like you see that he's very raw. There is a lot of yeah. It's it's okay. I love it actually. I yeah, love
0: it. Yeah, I, I yeah, it, it's the I, you you saw him struggle in the the exact place you thought he would. But it's when you did. i, I he, he's dominated at every level he's played at. See, when you saw matched up against Joffrey Laverne, you went, oh, wow, that boy is paper thin. And Joffrey Laverne, he's strong, but he's not a bruiser. And there could be some long, tough nights for Victor Wimbanyama in EuroLeague.
1: You know, it only makes you tougher if it doesn't kill you but first. But then you go to...
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. If it doesn't kill you first. Thankfully, Felipe Reyes has retired, so he doesn't have to deal with that.
1: Also, David Blue. You know, he was go... kind of a bruiser.
0: Yeah, yeah, Sean, very much so.
1: And Sean like, uh, we We have an award named after these two. Uh, different awards, by the way. But, you know, that's, like, for a very, very down-the-line show. Uh, to me, I think Emmanuel Moutier is somewhat of a place for worry uh, because he's the guy, supposed to be the guy. Nobody's expecting, you know, Montescalieris to be the man for joggeries And if you're the if, – if that's the guard, like, you know, if that's uh, what Moutier is giving Jageris, like, okay, 12 points, that's, like, a, a decent amount of, of, of points coming from him. But – you know, two assists to five turnovers, like a negative negative, a negative ratio in terms of assists to turnover ratio. But it's not just that. It's like that is a one to 2.5 ratio. That is insane.
0: It, and- it, it, it wasn't good viewing. It wasn't good viewing. Like I, I, there were some other parts that the Australia X did impress me. Moudier, he, he was the big variable going into this season for this count team because if he... If he came out with the size and the pace at the guard spot, and he was able to make shots, they got themselves an absolute steal. However, there was a high potential for it to go the other way as well, because not much of a shooter struggles through contact. Yeah, and I yeah. think we've found out what version we're getting so far.
1: That, that's a big problem when you think about it, and and to me, and even an even bigger one is I have a lot of respect for Giannis Trelnick's like a whole lot of right but what does it yep. say if that's the guy who finishes the game with like the biggest PIR you expect him to to knock down shots but he you know even had like one assist and one steal no turnovers which is you know much better like way better than what we could say for murier even though they're playing two different positions if you know what I mean
0: yeah no definitely like when you look at when you look at is shooting they made 8 shots from deep Sterling X had half of them and again Two he's no young kid he's half no of young chin. no but you, you know what you get with Sterling X at this point and you'll get a couple of nights where he will go off like he did against Villaroban but divert to the mean at a certain point and no I, I think I think it could be a long season in Cowness based on what I saw the other night
1: yeah if it doesn't improve quickly like having a guy like Josh Nebo who has his obvious physical advantages uh, he's and here's something that I actually said about him before. He's very dependent in a point guard playing next to him. So uh, that's something to uh, to actually follow when you think about it.
0: Definitely. And one last point in this game before we go to arguably the most predictable game of the week. Okobo, very pleasant surprise. I'm curious to know how how he goes over the rest of the season. But what I saw, I liked. He. Do you know what I will say? And I'll leave it at this. He showed the version of what you thought you could get out of Muriel a few years ago that was the Okobo you got aggressive physical moved the ball a bit made his shots
1: it's a much more simpler question to me um, okay. what serial did he have that morning <laughs> because I wanted it too I mean
0: yeah I mean, he, he had almost one free throw away from the perfect shooting night which apparently someone else done later in the week but we'll still discuss that soon so this was probably the team that we, we disagreed about the most you, you really liked them. I had, I had big reservations about their athleticism and verticality. And would you say we found out anything new about either Olympiakos or Basconia this week? Nope, not yet. Not a thing. And this was, I suppose, this was kind of a, a similar start as Real F is. Olympiakos came out and just, it was a smackdown. First quarter, they were up by nearly almost 20 points. Then they took their foot off the gas in the, the second quarter Second quarter, they won 19 by the half. I mean, it wasn't pretty. They were up 47-22 at the break, which, I mean, Athens, not a nice place to go, especially Athens with fans. And you are down 25 at the break. Where do you go from there?
1: Well, I'd say first that the, their shooting from outside that evening was perhaps something. Uh, it's it's a recurring, recurring thing, I think, for a lot of those teams at the beginning of the season. So maybe we should not make a whole lot of it. Uh, what though surprised me is like the the point distribution that I just like noticed it, obviously, uh, which was 47 in the first half and just twenty eight. Now, uh, here's another thing. Is it safe to say that the transition has been completed because a guy like Sasha Fesnikov played 22 uh, and a half minutes, you know, shooting, making like you know, essentially finishing the game with 16 points, three rebounds, you know, and as you see Yorgo's print thesis with only six and a half minutes of game time, that, my friend, is intriguing. That's a, that's a big move,
0: minutes. I mean, Sasha Sasha got hot. He got hot in the game, and they they are clearly going to rely on him, rightly so, because he is in that sphere of top EuroLeague forwards, especially in the offensive end, but Prince is only getting six minutes. That's... That,
1: that's huge. And here's another uh, thing. Look, Olympiacos had like 20 assists, 11 steals, and only six turnovers, which is, you know, if, if I wouldn't have told you that, like, you know, it was against Bosconia, you would have gone wild. Just looking at a Bosconia roster, their current roster, can you really say that they had like a side of being potentially a good rebounding team? Do you see like someone that can press the ball and that could have interfered Olympiacos' game flow?
0: I can't. I, I can't. And just you're saying about turnovers, Baskonia coughed the ball up 21 times. And when you look through the team, that at the point guard they've got Jason Granger, Arthur's Kuroks led the team in assists with five. That's a worry. I just I just can't see where the ball movement's coming from on this team. Yes, they've got they've got injury problems. There was no Alec Peters, um, but they're still missing. They're they're missing that classic Baskonia guard who will. Guard you from the
1: inbound, and you will not get a break for forty minutes. And again, it's uh, to me, it's it's like there is no D whatsoever in terms of again just to press the ball for Olympiacos. I would be worried that you know only seventy-five points, though it is impressive. on Twenty assists, you gotta admit. You know, I mean, just it was
0: twenty assists with only six turnovers. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was mightily impressive. I mean, okay, you? yeah, and in nice no, curve, no, no way in Baldwin for Baskonia. What? Yeah, so obviously Baldwin, he didn't play for Basconia. But is that, is that the needle mover it needs to be? No.
1: Oh, I mean, Olympiacos, when you think about it, it's like when shots will fall in from deep. Now you're talking crazy offense. I mean, look, Thomas Walkup just two points in 15 minutes. Tyler Dorsey, uh, uh, shooting of one of four from deep. You're not going to get that each and every night. It's crazy. Oh, definitely not. I mean,
0: you would expect that. I mean, they, they shot as a team twenty-nine percent, you would expect that to be closer to the thirty-three to thirty-five range over the course of the season. And they and they are going to have nights where like Lucas, he can get hot, Dorsey can get very, very hot, Sasha, Moy Caliente, as we like to say. Interesting is the way I'll put it there. They've they've got a lot of a lot of options, but I don't think we learned anything new about these teams. If anything, Basconia are a lot worse than we yeah. actually anticipated. Yeah. That leads us nicely into the Probably the, the most predictable result of the week. Alba Berlin, Barcelona, in Barcelona. There was always only going to be one winner. Any thoughts, Moshe?
1: Yes, actually two. Okay. 66.7% from deep and 66.7% from deep.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That 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 takes all the boxes. I mean, we were saying literally a week ago. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know where Barcelona are getting their points from. I don't know where they're getting their points from. Apparently, the answer is from D.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, if not for uh, Roland Smith, then you know, there, it would have been a higher percentage. It would have been like fourteen out of eighteen. So you know, let that sink in. Uh, and that's an eye where he can shut the ball back.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, Higgins, I mean, Higgin's really shot the ball badly. Like he one he made one one shot all night. But it's I mean, Nikola Meretic, seventeen minutes, twenty two points, four of four from two, four of four from three, two of two at the line. The perfect basketball game.
1: Indeed it was, but you know, still I'm... Again, it's one game, and you see, there's like the uh, the range of of uh, of shooting from deep throughout the games was so irregular. Like you didn't see anything in the middle. Either teams had amazing nights or very bad bad nights. Now Barcelona, they played Alba Berlin, and they did bad bad things to them. Uh, again, I I don't know if you want to use any descriptions that might include the word blood in it, but. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if you would. What I will say is this. Barcelona will not shoot the ball that good throughout the season. In addition, look, no team can shoot 66.7% throughout the year. What I do think is when when you saw the shots that Miritic took, they were bloody open. It was like there was almost zero defense on him. It's like, it's Miritic, guys. He can knock down shots. So
0: That probably leads us nice. Nikola Miritic can knock down shots, and he was open. You know what? Everyone in this bars team was always open. Yeah, but that's the thing. 28 assists on 39 field goals.
1: Look, I I understand it, but to me, it's you know, it's rather simple. When shots from deep are falling in, uh, you know, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to shoot the ball from inside. You got defense, you know, the defense running up and down, left and right, trying to close out, you know, trying to uh uh, to contest shots, it's, it's crazy. But essentially, when you shoot the ball this well, I would expect to see a, a, a relatively good percentage of field goals from inside.
0: Yeah, and I would agree. And that's probably what made it more interesting. I was like Nikola Mertic, open, 4-4. Jakubaitis, good game, solid, 2-for-2. Two two. Kyle Kuric, of course, 2 from 2 Who else? Was it Roland Smith, couldn't get anything going outside. But your
1: man, your man like Vitola.
0: Do you know what? He can do what he wants, whatever he wants. No, nine points, three of three shooting, seven assists. I said last week I thought he was the perfect guard to come off the bench in this system and just move the ball and hit the open shot. Probably my most interesting takeaway, okay, Barcelona are not going to shoot nearly 67% from deep on the season. However, they shot 67% without Alex Sabrinas. That bodes well for the next little while. hole He's not with the team. And when he comes back, they're not going to be so reliant on Aberinas spacing the floor. Corey Higgins, of course, will have better nights than this. He's Corey Higgins. He's going to have a lot better nights than this. they done as expected, but I think it was interesting to see how they got their buckets.
1: No doubt. to me. On the other um, hand,
0: Alba Berlin.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's not just them. It's like you're going to have a pure fight between them. Uh, Panathinaikos, Basconia. you know, things continue going down this way. I mean, hell, I wanted to say that no matter what, you know, the, uh, uh, no matter how big of an explosion, the magnitude of, of the colossal disaster factor that Unix might prove to be, it's like, even in their worst of dreams, they cannot finish as the 18th seed. And That is a whole lot. Yeah,
0: I mean... I, I, we we knew Berlin were in for a rough season, but then I think w- when we saw it in reality, I mean you look through this roster, it's it's a weak team. It's a really, really weak team. I mean Tim Tamir Blatt, I, I like Tamir Blatt as a player, but is he is is he a needle mover at Euroleague? Absolutely not. Zusman had a you know, he he had a do you know what, he had what what I say is a typical Zusman night. He done a, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Against a good Barcelona team, Marcus Eriksson, I love Marcus Eriksson. He had the worst night. If he went in thinking this is a revenge game for what Barcelona done to me, then no, didn't happen, didn't work. He had the, the game of nightmares.
1: It's like, and again, I, I don't know if you'll support me, but it's like they avenged what he did to them in their eyes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Oh, Marcus Eriksson, he's come back. Oh, We'll show him how to shoot. And that, and that's what they done. Yeah, you know, uh, it'll be a lot. It's going to be a long year for Berlin. I think it'll be interesting to see how long they stick with with what they've got.
1: Look, all kiddings aside, I'm not so sure that they are as bad as they were against Barcelona because it was Barcelona, and you know, you usually want to start off the competition if you're Barcelona, if you're Madrid, sending a message like a shockwave throughout the continent.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're obviously at home. Madrid Madrid, and Madrid against the Fs. Barcelona where yeah. One of the first games back with with a crowd at the Palau. Yeah, okay. They want to send a message. They want they want bums on seats for obvious financial reasons.
1: Yeah, I mean, they want to send a shockwave for all the continents. So if that's the case, you know, Berlin, Alba Berlin were just like, you know, they were in the, for sure the wrong place, for sure the very wrong, wrong time. Now... It's like, you know, you, you can say, OK, they they have proven us right in terms of how bad of a season they can have. But maybe they're not as bad as we made them to be. Because, again, circumstances, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, lo- looking at it from a different angle, OK, they, they are bad. They're weak. Did I think they were a Basconia. No. I thought Berlin were kind of what I expected them to be.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that, I think. I yeah. am. You know, without noticing, I think that our four minutes are just about to be up. I think I think we made it. I think we've done a good job staying within that time frame. We
0: sure did. We sure did. I suppose when we talk about the games coming up this week, it's, it's probably a, a kinder calendar to pick a, pick a game you really want to watch because there was a lot of good games last week. This week, the, 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 the scheduling overlords have been
1: slightly kinder. Yes, they have. So, I mean, in terms of cards, you know, the... Thursday card has Jalgeris versus Zenit, Panathinaikos, Fenerbahce, Maccabi-Tel-Aviv, uh, Trivena's zvezda Bayern-Munich versus Barcelona, Unix-Kazan and Monaco, which is... Oh, yeah, actually, that's the uh, the Friday card. You know it's the Friday Unix, card, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Unix-Monaco, which is a great way to start that day. Uh, Anadolu-Fs versus Cheska, Damn. Alba-Berlin <laughs> yeah. as well. Olympiacos. Oh, what? Sorry, sorry. You, you said Alba Berlin-Asfeld,
0: I fell asleep. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I legit thought something was broken. <laughs> it is you, my friend. You're broken. You are broken. I'm keeping that as it is. <laughs> Alba Berlin versus Villarban. Olympiacos versus Real Madrid. So early in the season. But you've got to love it. Basconia Milan. And yeah, that's that was, us.
0: Yeah, that's us. That's your games.
1: Yeah, that's actually very nice. So we got a four-five split. Pick your two games to watch. Tell me why shortly though.
0: Okay, super short. Um give me on the Thursday card Jalgiras Zenit just to see if we can get a bounce back game from Jalgiris. And oh, for the Friday card, I'm going to take Olympiacos Real Madrid because I think that will really see I think we'll see. How far this Olympiacos team can go against Real Madrid that will test what I think their limitations are.
1: All right, give me your picks.
0: Oi, picks. Okay, so Zenit, Fernabache, Maccabi, Barcelona, Monaco, Efez, Berlin, asvel um, can, can we board draw? Um, well just Olympiacos, Milano.
1: I, I have to be honest here. Um, t- to me, the Alba Berlin-Aswell game scares the living crap out of me because I really don't know where to go. With and, not, not for
0: it, and not because both teams are so good. You
1: know, because anything can actually happen. Um, yeah. Well, on the Thursday card, to me, it's like I would rather say it, it could be back fener but to me, it's like maccabi Vesda because, you know, either way, I'm there. And there aren't, uh, you know, that much of a better option to see. You know what? Actually, Bayern versus Barcelona should be a good game if Bayern get some of their guys back. This should be a very yeah. good game, actually. And as for the, uh, the the Friday card, it should have been on a little FS-Cheska. Like, it should have been a very close call between that and Olympiacos Madrid. But because of Noomi Lutinov, I'm going with Olympiacos versus uh, Madrid. So my picks are Zenit, uh, Fenner, even though, you know, if they're going to have that bad of a shooting night like they had versus Vesda, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Panathinaikos will get their uh, maiden voyage at home if you know what i mean wink wink I completely understand where you come from well oh yeah so uh, obviously uh maccabi barcelona you know i really want to say uh, monaco i do i really do but um i, I think i'm going i, I really want to say unix you know I do. okay the disaster factor strikes back yeah but just because of that i'm going with monaco just so you know. <laughs> so then we are left with uh, Anadolu FS. We are left with, um, yeah, you, you took Villarban, didn't you? Yeah. I'll go with you even though you should know that Alba Berlin could definitely take it. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. So we have that. I'm going with Madrid. Why? Because I'm just, you know, Olympiacos are good in my books. But it's like Mustafa Fall versus Poirier and Tavares. So in terms of length, you got two versus one. Too many guards, too many wing defenders. It's like it, it has Madrid ridden all over it. And I'm going with Pascogna. No, I'm just kidding. There's no way I'm going with them. I'm going with Milan to get that win on the road. And that is pretty much it. No more jokes because I do believe that we've set a new record in terms of show length. And um, Emmett, I know that you're listening to this. Come back soon. <laughs> we need adult supervision. Indeed we do. Indeed we do. And we have promised also artists will be with us, you know, during the season. So no worries. We're going to have our responsible adults and you know adult supervision. Maybe even more surprises. Actually, we can vouch for that. So Lewis, tell our beloved fans where can they find you?
0: So you can find me as always on Twitter at half Glenny. Or yeah, that's probably all place you're finding me at the moment, but hopefully soon in an arena near you.
1: And as for myself, you can find me at I'm Team Scott and at Moses B1 on Twitter. Uh, and obviously the Team Scout various uh, media platforms, which is Facebook, the, the website itself, of Team Scout. And thank you so much for the love, sharing, caring, and everything that comes with it. As you know, we are also available on SoundCloud and Anchor. And with that in mind, it's time to say, Till next time, great pass from the, the, the lobby, there we go, 40 minutes to a title. David
0: Drives inside, is... for the oh! Oh! Higgins just exploding! EuroLeague Sweet 16, exactly what you need.